We have one final speaker for tonight, and that is Claire Hampson. Claire Hampson um, has, in fact, spoken at the Labora story before, so we're very excited to have her back. She, um, in fact, was the person that came up with the name the Labora story. Yeah. Thanks, Claire Hampson. She is also the creator of award-winning Fringe Festival live art piece, A Window in Mime, and has written and performed in comedic plays and sketch comedy shows in the Melbourne Fringe and Comedy Festivals. She script advises for the ABC TV show The Bla- Dr Blake Mysteries and is a long-time supporter of The Labora Story. Um, she f- performed at the very first show in 2013. She is a doctor and has trained in anatomical and forensic pathology and now works as a pathology lecturer. Tonight she is wearing a shirt that she has made decorated with illustrations of leukocytes which are white blood cells. The rest of her talk bears absolutely no relevance to the science gallery blood theme of tonight, despite multiple reminder emails. Um, But that's not entirely true. She actually um, helped with the Hotham Street Ladies um, exhibit (laughs) at the science gallery as well. She gave them a a little bit of uh, science know-how in the mix. So please make Claire Hampson very welcome. Now you're looking at my shirt, aren't you? <laughs> Trying to work out which one's which. Neutrophil. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, I'm not talking about blood. I am sorry. But I'm actually talking about a uh, very famous scientist. And this scientist is very, very famous, even though all they did was release one paper and write a bit of code. That paper was not released to a peer-reviewed journal but it was, in fact, um, just sort of sent to a cryptography email list. And the paper was called, um, actually mentioned before, uh, Bitcoin, hang on, Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And basically this paper um, described a bit of an idea, a bit of a system of how you could transfer money person to person uh, without needing a bank to be involved, um, without needing trust to be involved, because the way it sort of worked out was a giant ledger um, in a nutshell where everyone had access to the ledger simultaneously. So it was kind of difficult to um, sort of try and rewrite it or manipulate it or attack it because essentially everyone knew what the ledger said. And this... um, Ledger was made up of blocks, and the blocks are lined up serially, so it's a block chain. And um, the currency that you can spend on this um, on this network uh, is called Bitcoin. And the work that's done, so basically everyone on this network is maintaining this big ledger. Um, uh, the work that's done, you sort of get rewarded by generating Bitcoin to spend on the network. And that's called mining Bitcoin. Now, I'm using a lot of this because this is not my area of expertise and probably lots of people out here know more about Bitcoin itself. But I thought it was such a good story, I was going to tell it anyway. So we've got this thing called Bitcoin. The paper was published in 2008, sharing the idea of it. And then the code kind of followed later. And actually, the first operation of this whole Bitcoin system started in January 2009. And surprisingly... Or, not surprisingly, um, a way of transferring money that was peer-to-peer, no banks involved, um, secure, irreversible, and completely anonymous, amazingly, took off. 
<laughs> you can imagine what people were using it for. But in the last um, sort of eight years since it started, we've actually had Bitcoin um, really grow from being a sort of slightly dodgy thing um, to actually being used in legitimate businesses. You can pay for things now in proper shops, not just drug dealers and... Um, <laughs> Uh, paying ransomware attacks. Uh, you can also pay for real things at real shops. And we even have a Bitcoin ATM here in Melbourne. So it's like, it's getting its legs. And it's getting worth something as well. So um, initially, obviously, when this sort of system was started, this basically this network emerged out of nothing. Obviously, Bitcoin was worth nothing. But um, now, this week, I checked uh, on a... Um, on, on Google, all right, I checked on Google. And um, <laughs> a single Bitcoin was worth 5,514 Australian dollars. Yeah, what? Um, does anyone have any Bitcoin? Yes, did you buy it a long time ago? Yes, drinks on that girl. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's become this amazing thing. And, um, yeah, it, it's not... So it was the, sort of the first of the online currencies to really sort of, like, been taken up. It wasn't a new idea, online currency, or... Yeah, it's, it was the first one of them, and now there's a few others springing up too. Um, so who do we have to thank for that? Of course, the author of this paper, the person who scripted the ideas, and that is Satoshi Nakamoto. Does anyone know who Satoshi Nakamoto is? He wrote... <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone said yes, you're lying. Do you know why? Because no one actually knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Well, obviously, Satoshi, Satoshi does, but like no one else. It is an absolute mystery, and it's driving people crazy. So it wasn't really until a few years after this Bitcoin um, paper had come out and the network had started running and it started to take off a bit, people started to get involved, people sort of thought, hang on a minute, um... Satoshi didn't really exist before this paper. Like, there's no one in crypto, cryptography, cryptocurrency that knew about Satoshi. Um, Satoshi sent a random sort of email in 2011, two years after starting it, saying, oh, I moved on to other things, so kind of disappeared. And then after that, Satoshi really didn't say anything else ever again. And everyone realised no one had ever spoken to Satoshi because it was all online. And actually, who was this person? Um, I think also the mystery really deepened and really got more people involved because when people were thinking, oh, who is this Satoshi, what's going on? Someone actually did a bit of an analysis of early Bitcoin mining and actually looked at sort of patterns and worked out what mining was probably done by the first machine, the Satoshi machine, and they calculated that the Satoshi, the Satoshi basically has probably got about 980,000 Bitcoin from the mining in that two years before they decided to just move on to other things. So um, I think that just widens the mystery because, like, who doesn't need $5 billion? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's like, oh, I prefer my privacy? You know, it's like, you've got $5 billion. Like, just, like, buy an island and get some privacy on that. You know, like, it's just, it just boggles. Like, who is just sitting there going, no, I don't need that? Um, so the hunt started. And being the internet and being a lot of people really involved in the internet and this, um, a lot of things were done. And um, what can we know about Satoshi? So one, Satoshi is a slippery bugger. Satoshi 
Um, all the email addresses from Satoshi were generated by one of those companies that's designed to make untraceable email addresses. So from the very go, there was a no link there. IP addresses were all Tor generated, so it was like, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't decide where they were from. Someone looked at all of the IP addresses, and apparently once Satoshi actually posted from somewhere near, like, LA kind of place, maybe. Um, if you analyze um, the time when Satoshi posted, which someone did, um, you look at all the posts, there's a bit of a dead time between um, 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. Greenwich Meridian time. So people kind of thought, oh, maybe that's just when he, Satoshi sleeps. So um, maybe that's someone, maybe equivalent to someone being in, in the US, possibly. So we've got another US link. Um, Satoshi obviously knows quite a bit about computers. But if you analyze the code that he wrote, which people have, um, they comment that it doesn't have a lot of the conventions of a normal software engineering type coding. So there's something maybe, maybe not quite software engineering background, maybe computer science of another type. And probably they're not called Satoshi Nakamoto. Probably they're not Japanese. And I think one of the biggest clues to that is that nowhere in anything, paper, writing, coding, anything, is a Japanese character or a Japanese word. Um, even in the early translations of this program, we had like German and Spanish, and like there's no Japanese translation. It just seemed a little bit weird um, for this person. If you look at the writing of Satoshi, if you read all the posts that um, Satoshi made in, during the two years, which I did, um, I got sucked into this so badly, guys. I'm so sorry, like, you're in for a long ride because I seriously have been in the internet. <laughs> really? Okay. So, reading the words of Satoshi, some of the things that struck me as being sort of really quite colloquial and quite um, uh, sort of remind me of like maybe someone who's um, not an, um, sorry, a native English speaker, things like um, in the actual code, allowing messages to bunch up. Um, everyone present may see the shenanigans going on. Um, it's a toss-up based on which gets into proof of work first. Uh, sorry to be a wet blanket, but writing a description for general audiences is bloody hard and there's nothing to relate it to. So, yeah. Uh, looking at the spelling, when Satoshi writes, we've got American or Canadian sort of Z use with randomised, serialised, specialised. But then when he wrote the word check, um, it just ended in a Q-U-E, not with a C-K, like maybe an American person would do. And then we're talking about money, Satoshi says cents. Not yen, cents. <laughs> so, um, yeah. A few clues there that maybe this person isn't who they said they were. Um, I did also look, I, got, I told you I got really into this. Um, why call yourself Satoshi if you're not a Japanese person called Satoshi? And I fit it into the anagram um, generator, just to see in case there was a clue. Um, I came up with, aha, toast kimonos. <laughs> Probably a clue. And, um, or, Satanist amok. Ooh. <laughs> the ooh was part of the anagram. <laughs> clues. I'm finding clues. No, 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 no. Yeah, and uh, if you translate Satoshi, um, you can get cleverness and intention. Oh, maybe that was the clever intention of Satoshi. But you also get Village Delicious and Hometown Purple. So it's probably not that reliable as a clue. Clues. Okay. So, um, yeah. What are we up to? So, I think I'm about to summarise. Oh, yeah. Male or female? It's probably male. But um, 
I would love it to be Jodie Whittaker as a big reveal. That would be so amazing. And I love that someone went, ah, because I get it. And I love that Laboristor is the kind of place that I can talk about Doctor Who in front of so many people. So in summary, what we probably are looking for is an English-speaking male computer person of some kind, stays up late, trusts no one, hates banks and governments and being told what to do and has a hard-on for Japan. We have not narrowed this down, people. I'm serious. There's probably a few on my phone. Like, it just... We, who is Satoshi? It looked like we would never find them until late 2015 when someone stepped up and said, Hello, my name is Satoshi Nakamoto. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> All right, no, I didn't say the last bit. But shockwaves went through the internet because Satoshi was here and Satoshi was an Australian man named Craig. When you've got a name like Craig, I'm sorry to all the Craigs in the room, but if it elicits spontaneous laughter from an audience, honestly, like, that was pretty much how the internet reacted. What? There is no way that our hero, our beloved, our genius Bitcoin man, Satoshi Nakamoto, is an Australian called Craig Wright. But, bear with me. Craig Wright was actually outed as Satoshi, not from him, well, maybe from himself, but <laughs> by um, Gizmodo, I think was uh, mentioned before, as one of the, as part of the tech press. And they found an email that Craig had written to his friend Dave from 2008. And <laughs> what? Is Dave also funny? <laughs> am, I, am I an idiot for believing an email that they found? Um, it says, I need your help editing a paper I'm going to release later this year. I have been working on a new form of electronic money, BitCash, Bitcoin. You are always there for me, Dave. I want you to be a part of it as well. I cannot release it as me. It's just perfect. GMX, VistoMail and Tor, all the methods he used to hide himself. I need your help and I need a version of me to make this work that is better than me. Pretty much explains it all. We can go home now. Except... This is science. We want more proof, right? Because anyone can fake an email, surely. And if you're such an like, amazing computer person, how has someone hacked your email just like that and sent it to Gizmodo? So anyway, Craig Wright has a few other credentials that could potentially um, be relevant. He did work as a coder in the Air Force. Uh, he's worked in computer security. Uh, he helped start up an online casino. He has done some qualifications, not necessarily finished, but started qualifications in digital forensics, physics, theology, management, network security, law, statistics, quantitative finance. According to his mum, he was totally that dorky teen swishing a Japanese sword around in the backyard and trying to be a ninja. Um, he was let go from his job uh, due to the GFC in 2008, so he had a lot of time on his hands. Pretty angry at the banks, probably. And there are some legal documents floating around um, regarding a trust account that he'd set up with that friend Dave um, that he sent an email to. Um, Dave uh, actually is a real person. And Dave is also a um, security and forensics IT person, uh, expert. Um, he also, he lives on the east coast of the USA. Mm, good thing. Um, but unfortunately, uh, but also conveniently, uh, passed away two years before these claims came out. So the only person who could back up whether that email was real is not here anymore. So, luckily, the proof doesn't have to come from Dave because part of the blockchain system is that 
it's kind of like time stamped and like recorded and basically you have a key to the blocks that you made. So if you mined a block, then you've got the access to the Bitcoin of that and only you do. So he can prove it just by, you know, going into one of those blocks. So basically, if you can prove that you've got access to a block and it was the first block, then you're the one who made blockchain, basically. You're Satoshi. Um, so Craig tried to do this. And basically, he set up a room. And in that room, he got Gavin Anderson, who is the person who took over Bitcoin after Satoshi left. He's the reputable face um, of the Bitcoin community, very respected. And um, they also got some journalists, BBC, The Economist, and GQ, who you'll know is the reputable face of style, luxury, life, and girls. Why were they there? It, makes no, it still makes no sense to me. But anyway, they um, basically got them all in a room and Craig went ahead and used, I think, a signature. I think it was from the first block, but actually now I've said that, I can't remember if that's true. Um, but he used a signature from an early block and sent a message to Gavin. And Gavin was like, yep, that's pretty much proved it for me. Um, he also had some conversations with Gavin and Gavin was like, yeah, he, he walks the talk, he walks the talk, he walks the walk and he talks the talk of someone who could be Satoshi. So I'm convinced. And Gavin went home and went, yep, I'm going to write this on my blog. Craig also went home and wrote about the proof of what had happened on his blog. But unfortunately, what he wrote was actually pretty shit. And it was quite quickly worked out to be fairly faked. And some of the stuff he'd had on there as proof of what he'd done was actually quite clearly cut and pasted from some more public Satoshi um, signatures that were available, like some, some of the key that he said he had wasn't, was a key that everyone sort of knew about. So pretty much the internet just went, no way, Craig, Australian Craig, you're a hoaxer. You're a bloody hoaxer. And, um, oh, he's bloody. Yay. <laughs> Trying to the theme. All right, so basically he... Um, also had a bit of cloud forming at this point because he had spent some time in jail, apparently. Um, he had been investigated for misuse of research funds. It turned out that at the time of his reveal, there was a $15 million deal um, to start a laboratory which was really dependent on him coming out as Satoshi or being Satoshi. So there was a real financial motive there. And he also obviously had links to online casinos and he still has links to some um, gambling billionaires who are also a bit in trouble with the law. So we're kind of getting this picture of someone who's not entirely clean um, and maybe, oh, fraud possibly. So people said, come on, this message that you sent to Gavin, you probably faked it somehow. You probably tricked the guy who's developing on Bitcoin, uh, who's the lead developer on Bitcoin. Um, what you should do, we'll believe you if you move an actual bit of coin from one of, that early, one of those early blocks to another place. So if you actually move coin, we'll know. We'll know that this is the proof. And so he kind of agreed to that, and he set everything up, and he was going to transfer some coin to Gavin. And he got there, and he was about to just give the proof, just to put it all to rest and be like, everyone, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. I've got the keys. I can send the Bitcoin. It's really me. But right at the very, very last minute, instead of doing that, he just turned around, left the room, walked out, and didn't come back. <laughs> I know, right? So, like, why? <laughs> like, is it because he's just, he didn't have it? He just, he was lying the whole time when it came to actually proving it he could? He said this like, oh, I wasn't going to do it because I didn't have enough time, but let's do it. He sent this um, blog text. It was like, I'm sorry. 
I believed I could do this. I believed that I could put the years of anonymity behind me. But as the events of the week unfolded and prepared to publish the proof of access to the earliest keys, I broke. I do not have the courage. I cannot. Those who have supported me, they were not deceived. But I know the world will never believe it now. Very dramatic, but actually the world kind of was watching a bit. Um, and they don't believe it now, according to Reddit which I also read a lot of in my investigations into this case. So I am, so we are, all of us really are back at square one, aren't we? We actually don't really know because the proof, the proof was there, but he, the proof was refused. Um, so you can kind of go either two ways with it. One, he's just a, a hoaxer, a pretty damn good hoaxer, though, um, with what he did and what he proved to Gavin. Um, if, you, if you look this up, you will also find some interesting fan fiction about him hoaxing and potentially um, killing his friend Dave, who was the real Satoshi. And that's really out there. It's pretty amazing. Um, and taking Satoshi's keys and faking it. Um, but I'm kind, of, I'm kind of currently in the camp. So I wrote a book written by someone who followed him around for basically a year. And I think there are a lot of elements uh, that I haven't necessarily talked about all of them tonight, but I think there are still some elements of um, his connection to it. He knows a little bit too much about it. He did have access to send that message from that early block. There are things that suggest that maybe he is somehow part of it, but I guess I don't know if he's all of it. I don't know if he really was this idea of what Satoshi was. Um, Satoshi obviously has been held up as a genius for making this Bitcoin thing, but maybe, maybe Craig Wright actually is a genius because if you think about it, he has found the best hiding place ever. <laughs> like, if you wanted to, like, not be known as Satoshi, like, being known as the debunked fraud of Satoshi is probably the next best place to be, right, in, in plain sight. So, true genius um, hiding this way as a $5 billion and now $15 million, that deal didn't go through, obviously, uh, poorer, reputationless fraud. Just brilliant. That's all I have. <laughs>